there's a heaviness in the house today. And, and I was struggling getting through worship. I wasn't struggling. I was in worship, but I was struggling for you. And as you can see, I'm wearing a mask today. And a lot of you, this may offend that I have it on today. Uh, I wore it a lot last week. Actually, I wore this one a lot last week. And I went to see my son because it was mandatory. You couldn't go anywhere without it. But everybody kept trying to take it from me. So I got this one here. But when I'd go into the airport, it had to be on from the minute I got there until the minute we got to Austin. And it was a pain, if you all know the truth. Uh, I want to say real quickly this morning that I'm not here in any way confirming or disproving or either any of the mass thing relating to the China virus. I'm here today to tell us that there's heaviness in the room today because a lot of us have a mask over our face spiritually. That's what the Lord put on my heart today. That a lot of us can't worship today because we have a mask over our face of maybe hidden sin or maybe uh, our mind's been ruled by something else and we're thinking about those other things. And you know as well as I do that when you have a mask on, it's hard to breathe. When I had to wear the mask in the airport, I noticed that when I got down to Joshua, my throat was scratchy. And then I found out later it's because I breathed through my mouth the whole time and it dried out my throat. And so it was uncomfortable. But again, I'm not here talking politics at all. I don't care whether you wear a mask or not. That's between you and the Lord. I'm here today to say if you're wearing a spiritual mask, it needs to come off because it's restricting you. It's keeping you from being what God has called you to be. And so today I wore this. You know, Jim said, you know, people may get up and walk out of here if they see you wearing that. And, and he told Susan, is Susan with you today? Because I don't think he told her uh, why I was doing that. But I wanted today to talk to you from 2 Corinthians 3, 7, one, or 7, or 2 Corinthians 3, 7 through 18. Masks are hot too. And I'm trying to get this off now, and I can't. There we go. Woo. And again, 2 Corinthians 3, 7 through 18. Paul was talking here, and he said, The law was written in letters on stone, even though it was a way of serving God, it led to death. But even that way of serving God came with glory. The glory lasted for only a short time. Even so, the people of Israel couldn't look at Moses' face very long. Since all this is true, won't the work of the Holy Spirit be even more glorious? The law that condemns people to death had glory. How much more glory does the work of the Spirit have? His work makes people right with God. 
The glory of the old covenant is nothing compared with the far greater glory of the new covenant. The glory of the old lasts for only a short time. How much greater is the glory of the new? It will last forever. Since we have that kind of hope, we are bold. Are you guys bold today? Or are you wearing a heaviness today? Because of the hope we have in Jesus, we are bold. We are not like Moses. He used to cover his face with a veil. That was to keep the people of Israel from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made stubborn. To this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. The veil has not been removed. Only faith in Christ can take it away. You get that today? The veil has not been removed. Only faith in Christ can take away the mask. Now the Lord is holy. Oh, I jumped. To this day, when the law of Moses is read, a veil covers the minds of those who hear it. But when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is, whole, is the Holy Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, freedom is also there. Has Joel not sang about that? And the praise team not sang about that today? None of our faces are covered with a veil. All of us can see the Lord's glory and think deeply about it. So we are being changed to become more like him so that we have more and more glory. If you're reading the King James Version, it'll say glory to glory. And this comes from the Lord who is the Holy Spirit. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, we curse this heaviness and we bind this heaviness in Jesus' name. And Satan, you have no authority in our lives, no authority upon our hearts or our minds, and we just come against you now in Jesus' name. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would have his way today. Father, that your Holy Spirit would lead in my words, in my talk, in my speech. And Father, let our ears be open to the Holy Spirit to touch us in any way. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul is talking about the Old and the New Covenant in this passage of Scripture. Paul said the Old Covenant was written in letters on stone, but it also came from with glory. In other words, it was good, but it couldn't be perfect. It couldn't last. Moses would only experience God's presence, and then a veil was put over his shining face to keep the people from seeing the end. In other words, the glory would eventually drift away. He couldn't live and walk in the glory continuously. And Moses, or what Paul was saying is the old covenant was good, but it still led to death in 2 Corinthians 3, 7. Because we are unable to keep God's written laws. When we sin, the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23. And we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So it leads to death. But when this mask is removed, this veil is removed, the limits are taking off. Anyone who turns to the Lord, the veil, the mask is taken away. Jesus Christ takes away that veil or that mask that where we can experience the totality of God 24-7. Moses didn't, you know, he couldn't stay in it and last in it forever. 
You know, in Exodus 34, 11, that's why we named Joshua, Joshua. Because Moses would experience the presence of God, his face would be shining bright. He would walk out to his people and have to go deal with the people. And he had to get away from the presence of God, the Holy of Holies. But the scripture said in, in 13, or, uh, 34, 11 through 14, it said in there that young Joshua stayed in the presence of God. He stayed there as much as possible, but, but even young Joshua... There would be a point in time he'd have to walk out of the holies of holies and he couldn't experience the totality of God. But in the new covenant, Christ came and took on our sin so that we can experience the totality of God, that we can walk in the holies of holies every day. We can experience God every second of every minute of every day. If we choose, he doesn't walk out on us. And we can't walk out on him. He is there 24-7. Paul said the ministry of the old covenant was good, but the new covenant, it's even more glorious because it lasts forever. Under the new covenant, the Spirit is in us, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There should be no heaviness in here today. You get that? There should be no heaviness in our lives. And this glory, oh, this is, I don't want to skip this one here. And under the new covenant, we're being changed to become more like Jesus so that we have more and more glory. Under the new covenant, all of us can see the Lord's glory and deeply and think, think deeply about it. We can dig as deep as we want to know in the Lord. What do you want to know about the Lord today? What do you want the Lord to speak in your life today? Then just ask and wait upon him and seek him. And again, and this glory comes from the Lord, who is the Holy Spirit. And point one today, the Holy Spirit is so necessary in our life. And we see that through this passage of Scripture. It, it made it so clear, and that's why I wanted to share it today. But the new covenant is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When we get saved, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. So why would we say we don't believe in the Holy Spirit? Or maybe why would we say that the Holy Spirit went out with the disciples? And then when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is heavily involved in the new covenant. The Holy Spirit saves us and leads us to Christ and the Holy Spirit fills us so that we can experience God 24-7. That's why I preach so constantly that we not only to be saved, we need to be water baptized, and we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because that's the new covenant. We experience God through the Holy Spirit. Jesus paid the price for our righteousness, the new life. But sin separated us from God, and through salvation, Jesus, we experience God. Man, I can breathe because the mask has been revealed. Man, I don't feel the sweat and the heat of the world because the mask has been revealed. I don't feel the pressure to do what everybody tells me to because the mask has been revealed. The veil separated us from the presence of God and it has been torn. On the cross, Jesus, the Son of God, it says in Luke 24, 35, the sun had stopped shining. The temple court was torn in two. Curtain, excuse me, the temple curtain, the veil was torn in two. 
Jesus called out in a loud voice, Father, Father, in your hands I commit my life. And after he said this, he breathed his last. The Holy Spirit will reveal all of God. And all of us can see the Lord's glory and think about it deeply. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, I've been talking to you about the Holy Spirit a lot lately and, and a few weeks and months back when it started in March. But I preached on there's, there's three things that the Holy Spirit does. And the first thing, this is what I preached on back then. The Holy Spirit reveals sin, reveals righteousness, and reveals judgment. John 16, 18, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. And we'll take your time. If you want to go back and listen to that sermon, you can. It's on the website. But the Holy Spirit, too, will reveal the truth from God. John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things are, that are to come. What do you, you guys want to hear God? Then, then talk to God and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Guys, we have not because we ask not. Jesus paid the price and removed the veil so that we could experience the totality of God. And the Holy Spirit has been sent to reveal God to us. That's point three. The Holy Spirit will declare God to you. He will glorify me, for he'll take what is mine and declare it to you. And all three of those scriptures are from John chapter 16. The believer walks in boldness. The believer walks in boldness in the Holy Spirit. As believers, we approach life with boldness. In the Holy Spirit, since we have that kind of hope, we are bold. Are we bold for God today? Or are we running around with our tail between our legs? Are we bold for God because Jesus paid the price? And he sacrificed, God sacrificed his son so that we again could receive Jesus and be filled with the Holy Spirit. As believers, we can approach God with boldness in the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, we are not afraid to enter the most holy room. We enter boldly because of the blood of Jesus. His way is anew because he lives. It has been opened for us through the curtain. I'm talking about his body. We also have a great priest over the house of God. So let us come near to God with sincere heart. Let us come near boldly because of our faith. Our hearts have been sprinkled. Our minds have been cleansed from the sense of guilt. Our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold firmly to the hope we claim to have. The God who promises is faithful. The reason that was bugging me when I was reading that, it wasn't bugging me, but a lot of us walk around in guilt here today. And guilt is not from God. Guilt is from Satan. And we are not to allow guilt in our lives. Now, how many of you got up and said, I'm not worthy to be a Sunday school teacher? Or I'm not worthy to, I'm a horrible dad because I'm not measuring up. Jesus removed the veil. Jesus paid the price. And by the Holy Spirit, we can be the best dad ever. By the Holy Spirit, we can be the best Sunday school teacher ever. We need to go boldly to the throne of God and just talk with him. 
Point two, we are without excuse. There is no reason or excuse for the believer to walk in defeat when they are filled and led by the Holy Spirit. I hear excuses all the time. One of them is I just don't know what Satan is, you know, you just don't know what Satan's putting me through. Oh man, Satan's turned it up. You know, we're in the last days and, and Satan's just, just coming at us all directions. Oh my goodness, Satan has turned it up. You know, one of my favorite is, is there's not very many living for God, so that allows Satan and his cronies to spend more time on me. You know, we got all these excuses. The classic is Satan made me do it. Let me remind you that Jesus disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Colossians 2.15. Did you guys get that today? Let me read it today from the NIRV that, that, that children use. Jesus took away the weapons of the powers and the authorities. He made a public show of them. He won the battle over them by dying on the cross. Satan has been stripped completely of his powers. He's been left naked. He's been left with nothing at his disposal. He has no way to retaliate against us. Jesus stripped Satan of his power and left him and his cronies naked and powerless to respond to anything. And Jesus not only did that, Jesus had a party. And at this party, he displayed the trophies of the plunder. And we all know it, that we saw people that had died after the crucifixion. When Jesus rose from the dead, there was people walking the streets that had already died. Jesus was plundered to hell and had trophies of people risen from the dead. I got some amens earlier, but I'm not getting many now. Let us be reminded, little children, I do this a lot, and I think Paul was doing the same thing, but I always go, hey, little babies. How many of you heard me say that to you, kidding around? But little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he is in you is greater than he that is in the world. You get that today? Greater is he that is in you that is in the world. Satan is powerless. So why do we go through much, so much stuff in our lives? Why do we battle so much stuff? And, and, and guys, to be blunt, it's hidden sin and negative influences. That's the only way that Satan can enter into us. No spiritual attack from Satan or hell can overtake the believer unless we leave a door open of hidden sin. A door open for the devil to walk in and exploit. He's powerless otherwise. The other day, I was listening to the, the series football, and Ben Rothenberger came out, and he said, I'm having a trouble with, with drug and, and, and uh, not, not like methamphetamines, but, but like painkillers, over-the-counter type drugs. He's addicted to them. And then he went as far to say that I'm addicted to pornograph. And he admitted that to the world because he was needing help. 
He had let these hidden secrets of over-the-counter drugs roll in his life and and the, the addiction to pornograph to hit his life so strong that it was affecting him and he was crying out for help because he had left the door open. The other thing is unless we have left our minds open to the influence of Satan. Guys, I battle this every Sunday. What's so-and-so thinking? The devil attacks my mind. I literally prayed the day before I come in here, Holy Spirit, guard my mind. Guard my mind so that I can be effective for you today. Because when I allow my mind to be influenced by outside things and let control my mind and I get to thinking on them instead of God, I miss the Lord and what he's wanting to say. I want my mind clear when I come into the pulpit. But guys, I should want my mind clear of distractions and things from Satan 24-7. A lot of you may disagree with me on that, but, but a lot of this part here I've got from Rick Renner. But there's five scriptures ballpark that talk about war and warfare, spiritual war and warfare. And every one of them are talking about mental strongholds, or strongholds of the mind, or hidden sin. It says nothing about Satan. Talking about war and warfare. The five scriptures are 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments of every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought, our mind, captive to obey Christ. Being ready to punish every disobedience, sin, when your obedience is complete. 1 Timothy 1.18 This I charge and trust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you that by them you may wage the good war holding faith and good conscience rejecting this some have made shipwrecks of their face faith among whom then he talks about harmonious and alexander whom i have handed over to satan but he's again the control of the mind the actions that we have control of second timothy 2 4 says Um, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. We don't get caught up in worldly influences. We don't get caught up in all these things. We get caught up in God, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will work out. In James 4.1, James is telling us to fight the fleshly lust that wage war against the soul. What is the cause of your conflicts and quarrels with each other? Doesn't the battle begin inside of you as you fight to have your own way and fulfill your own desires? The door's been opened. When we let the flesh in control, it opens the door. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul, 1 Peter 2.11. Satan can make you think he's making war against you, but he has no authority. 
The only authority that Satan has is what we release to him. Not one of these scriptures says the devil made me do it. They all warn us to guard against hidden sin and negative influence, giving no opportunity for the devil. I want to read to you now Ephesians 4, 25 through 25. Nine, excuse me. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak to the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So we need to treat our neighbors right. Don't let the flesh control our relationship with our neighbors. This is why unforgiveness is such a big deal. If you're angry or upset with me or somebody else, that allows a door to be open for Satan to do work. So speak the truth. 26, be angry and do not sin. It's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So you need to deal with your anger. Don't let your flesh take over. Don't give Satan any opportunity. Verse 27. Verse 28, let the thief no longer steal. Stealing is the flesh and it will bring trouble in your life. But rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands. Guys, we need to work. It's a good thing. So that he may have something to share with anyone in need. I think I may have skipped. No, I didn't. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for the building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. We don't give foothold in our talk, in our anger, in anything. We don't allow foothold. The devil has no authority over the believer unless we give it to him. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He has no power, but he's looking for somebody that's caving into the sin, hidden sin or negative influences. We need to take control of our minds and our flesh, and it will stop most spiritual warfare we endure because again jesus took away our weapon the the jesus took away the weapons and the powers of the authorities he made a public show of them he won the battle over them by dying on the cross point three the hidden sins and negative influences these masks will affect the flow of the spirit in our lives and that's what I want to get a hold of today. You know, maybe even if, if Satan didn't hit us that hard, we're not receiving the totality of God with hidden sin and these negative influences in our life. We need to remember that we need to remove these masks and keep our lives as clean as possible. We need to remember that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We need to remember that the Spirit of the Lord is bringing radical freedom from legalism, from guilt, from shame, from condemnation. How many of you are walking in condemnation today? If you are, you've opened your minds to Satan to beat you with that because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, period. Romans 8, 1. What about self-hatred? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We should not hate ourselves. I don't like the way I look right now. I think I'm too heavy, but I don't hate myself. I don't allow them negative influences to come in. 
I don't allow self-rejection to come in. We are created in God's image. That's what blessed me. We went out and worked at uh, Jeremy's Creek with the one camp last week. And Jerry Marty got up and he shared a beautiful testimony about how we're all created in the image of God. And that we need to be happy of who we are. We need to remember that radical freedom from God has power over sin. This radical freedom that, that sets us free has power over sin, selfishness, manipulation, and control. We have freedom from fear and death and all those things. We have freedom from comparing ourselves to others. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So since we have that kind of hope, we need to be bold, very bold. Many of you today are upset, and I hear it all the time, and my wife does it a little bit. We had to go round and round a couple times, but she refuses to wear the mask because of the China virus. She refuses to wear it. And I'm like, honey, you agreed to go on this trip. It's mandatory. Let's get there and to get off the plane. Man, many of you are the same way. But, but I say to you today, and again, I'm not getting into politics. You do whatever's good for you on that end of things. But what I am telling you today is many of us will wear a spiritual mask and it doesn't bother us a bit. No amens on that? Many of us will wear spiritual masks knowing that they restrict us, knowing that they hold us back, knowing that it's causing problems in our marriages, knowing that it's causing problems in our life, but we refuse to move them. And it muffles us, can't you tell? <laughs> it muffles you. Being a Christian should mean something. Christ dying on the cross should mean something to us. We should want to be Christ-like. We, we should never habitually want to pick up the veil of sin, the mask of sin, the mask of mind control. We should never want to pick that up. 2 Timothy 2.19 says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows that who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Man, if we're claiming Christ, we should depart from iniquity. Oh, but God, there's grace. I can, I can still do the over-the-counter drugs and get higher in a kite because I can hear God better. He says, get away from all iniquity. Being a Christian means to separate from sin and wickedness. 2 Corinthians 6, 17, Therefore come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. When a person gets saved, when a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, and when the Word becomes alive in the Spirit in our lives, and Christ becomes the number one priority, the stripper finds a different job. The casino gamblers quit gambling. The drunkard stops depending on the alcohol. The sexual immoral stop having sex. 
and wait for a marriage between a man and a woman. The filthy mouth jokes stop. The believer protects worship and stands for the word of God and prayer. The believer protects the family and children and sees that they are committed to the things of God. That's the foundation that we are called to be. And God wants us, point four, to move from glory to glory. God wants to to move us on. Jesus paid the price, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, there is freedom in our lives over everything that tries to bind you. Over every affliction, the Spirit has given you freedom. God wants us to move from glory to glory. But I hear so many times that, that I'm where I'm at now. Oh, praise God. I'm going to get through this and move on to glory. Man, when you're a Christian, you're walking in glory. And you're moving on to glory in him. We are being changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, 2 Corinthians 3.18. We are being changed to be more like him. So in other words, we hear from glory to glory. It's from a current glorious place to another higher glorious place. We will not be promoted to the next realm of glory until the realm we are presently living in becomes glorious. In other words, where you're at now, God is in your situation. And he wants you to take a look at yourself. And he wants to guide you by the Holy Spirit to lead you on to more glory in him. And a guide to let us kind of look at our life. We look at ourselves and see that there's no hidden sin or negative influences affecting our mind. I was talking to a guy the other day and he couldn't get past the politics long enough to talk to him about the Lord. Everything always went back to the politics. When we get again the Lord in our life, the other comes together. Have I done all that the Lord has told me to do? In other words, you're in a situation, have you done all that the Lord has told you to do? I have already completed the assignment as God instructed me to do it. Many times we complete the assignment the way we want to do it, but are we completing it the way God wants to do it? Have I been professional in the way I do the things of God and on time? Have I made my present financial situations glorious or am I living in financial shambles? Have I done everything I can to make this present stage of my life a bright and shining example to others? Or is this part of my life a dismal and failure of which I'm embarrassed? Have I brought this part of my life to a glorious finish? From glory to glory, biblical examples. And I, I'm going to try to put this in the perspective here and have a little fun with it. But Brother Swaggart did this back when I was going to college here. But, but he made a comment one time. I wish I could read the want ads of the Jerusalem Post in, in AD 33. 
One might read for sale, slightly used burial plot, only four days old. Contact Lazarus, John 1, 11. You follow me here? We are, in our, we are in a glorious position. Allow the Lord to move in our life to take us to a new glory place. For sale, good, used, fishing boats with fishing nets. Contact Simon Peter. Got a new job. See Matthew 4, 18. How about this one? For sale, used crutches in fair condition. We'll sell cheap. See me, Acts 3, 1. We're moving from glory to glory. When Jesus comes into our life, there is freedom. Wanted, tutored to teach me how to read. Was born blind, but now I can see. Met Jesus last week. Apply at John 1, 9. You following me today? From glory to glory. Our situations, we may not like where we're at right now, but we take control of our sinful nature. We take control of our minds. And we continue to press into Jesus. He's going to take us to glory to glory by his Holy Spirit. And, and we, we aren't in a, a whole poor woe is me time. We're in a glory time. Because the Spirit of the Lord is in us. And there is freedom. Pretty simple today. Are you wearing a mask? Lord just hit me that if you're wearing this mask, a lot of you would take it off because you don't like the Vikings. But a lot of us would wear the cheap mask just because we like it. How many, and again, I'm not comparing the Chiefs to sin. It's close. <laughs> but how many of us wear a mask of sin because we like it? We have, we've got a hidden sin and we know it and we like it. But it's, you can see it affecting your life. You can see it affecting your family. And you're like, Big Ben, I need help. I just wish Big Ben would have cried out to the church. And I hope the church is effective in these last days. Because as I was reading over them examples in the Bible, are we seeing them at Oakton? Are we seeing, seeing people healed and throwing crutches away? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. But I think that, that, that we've allowed, our, my, I'm talking to myself, that we have allowed so much outside influences in that it's hard to see God sometimes. But I'm here today to encourage you that if you're a believer, you're living in the glory of God, but he wants you to look at where you're at and move on to more glory in him. In other words, this isn't a defeated message. This is a message to say that, hey, there's better things and greater things. But the original is, if you're not saved today, you're wearing a mask. If you're not saved today, you're wearing a mask. And the only way to remove the mask from your face is to be saved, because only Jesus can take the veil away. So if you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that's the first thing. But the second thing is a lot of us, maybe like David and saw Bathsheba, boy, she's looking good over there on that rooftop, and began to put the mask on until things happen in our life and the Lord comes in and checks us.
and we admit that we're wrong and, and we ask for forgiveness and the Lord takes the veil away. Do you guys realize that Bathsheba and David lost their first son? The consequences of their sexual immorality before marriage? The consequences of the sin? A lot of people don't realize that, that they lost the son that was in her womb. But how many of us are restricting the Lord? And I believe in the last days, for the church to be effective, we got to daily get up and check our face for masks. And that's why I use the example today, because we're dealing with it in our society, in the physical. It's a talk everywhere. Some want to wear a mask, some don't. But you're, that's the talk of the town right now is the mask. It's all over Facebook. It's everywhere you go. It's about the mask and about the China virus. When you think of that and say those things, I want you to start thinking about masks that may be covering you spiritually. And that's what's going to break this down. And we will be effective when we start tearing away the mask from our lives. So believers, we need to continue to allow the Spirit of the Lord to move in our life, the Holy Ghost to move in our life, and to convict us to truth so that we can be more free in the things of God, free from bondage. Man, I can remember when I get delivered of stuff, the freedom that comes in, the excitement and the hope that I have, it comes from Jesus. And so that's the altar call today, that we check our hearts. And I want us every day, whenever you hear the word mask, check your spiritual side. Check your spiritual man. This is a prayer that I heard this week. And I pray that over you guys today. And again, these altars are going to be open. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. And I want you to come to these altars and just ask the Lord to speak to you. We've already declared that today. But the other thing I didn't mention, if you're not filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come and let's pray for that today because that's key. But this prayer said, Lord, I want to take the veil off my eyes and get honest about my situation. I can see that much of my present life is not glorious. I've wanted you to promote me from my mess to a new level of glory. But I see now that your promotions always move from one level of glory to a higher level of glory. Show me every area in my life that needs to be changed. And help me give you complete liberty to transform those parts of my life. I want to go to a higher level of glory, Lord. So I'm asking you to help me first. Make my present situation a glorious testimony of your grace. I pray this in Jesus' name. These altars are open today. If you need additional prayer, you can come to me. But let's, let's deal with the mask that are in our life.